0: Welcome to Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Sit back and enjoy stories and insight from sports icons from all over. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable!
1: Touchdown, Bombers!
0: Welcome back to another episode of Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. This week's guest is Chris Getzlaff former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, CFL All-Star, and two-time Grey Cup champion. He's been involved with many different initiatives in the province of Saskatchewan, which he calls home. On today's episode, we talked about his career in Saskatchewan, how it's impacted what he does outside of football, and what it's been like growing up with a sibling who also became a professional athlete and a national champion in Ryan Getzlaff. Up next, today's episode with former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, Chris Getzlaff. If you're like most people, you strive to eat healthy as much as you can, but it gets really difficult when life gets in the way. We get busy, we're running around doing lots of things. It's hard. Being able to eat healthy on the go is super important more than ever now. And that's why I'm here to tell you about G2G protein bars. They're the best protein bar for eating healthy on the go. It's made with all natural ingredients. They're fresh. It tastes like homemade, but it's even better. G2G bars have 18 grams of protein and are gluten free. With eight different flavors, there's so many different things that you can enjoy about the great tastes of G2G Bars and what they have to offer. They're fresh, healthy, and delicious. Make sure to get yours at g2gbar.ca or at your local retailer in Canada or the U.S. Welcome to Huddle Up with Matthias Bueno. Today's guest is former Saskatchewan Rough Riders wide receiver, two-time Grey Cup champion, and with over 6,000 receiving yards in his career, Chris Getzlaff. Chris, thanks for being on today's episode. I'm super excited to talk football with you. Even though you may be from a rival football team, you've had such an illustrious career playing for your hometown, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Hey, thank you so much. Happy to be here. So you retired from the CFL a handful of years ago and have stayed in your hometown, Regina. You've essentially been there for such a long time that but been through so many different waves of your career with playing for the Riders, playing football in Saskatchewan as well, growing up and then retiring and working in Saskatchewan. I want to take it back a little bit to your junior playing days before you made it to the CFL. Now you're a Prairie Thunder alumni. So in the days that you were playing junior for them, what were your thoughts on playing professional football? Was it something that seemed realistic at the time or feasible going through that outlet or was it something that was maybe a little bit more uh, far away, I guess you could say, because junior still was maybe not as, as highly acclaimed as university in and around that era?
1: Yeah, I mean, coming out of high school, I knew that I wanted to continue to play football as long as I could, um, because I loved the sport, so I just wanted to continue playing. And, you know, my opportunity was to, to play with the Thunder in junior football, and i got into that and you know my first my first two years on the team you know, i didn't really have any thoughts about playing professional football it was just something that i was able to continue playing as i loved all through high school and um you know being able to experience the locker room and uh friends you you name it everything that comes along with playing uh, a sport so it wasn't until my third year in junior where i actually kind of set a goal to to make it to the cfl and I, I kind of path or, uh, marked out my path on, on how I thought that I would be able to do that. And that was going to be playing uh, another couple of years in junior and then moving on and playing uh, a couple in university.
0: And the interesting thing about the relationship between the Rams and the Thunder is that the Rams used to be the junior team in Regina and then moved up to university and then the Prairie Thund- Thunder came into existence. So, so, that, so they were a fairly new club at the time. With how with how things were going during your time playing for the Thunder, did you guys have a lot of success in your time playing for the team, or, or how did you find the experience with playing in Regina in uh, in the CJFL? Well, the experience was amazing. Um... I mean, how we were
1: as a team, you know, we kind of had our ups and downs kind of each year Uh, for the most part, you know, we were above 500. Um, But it was, you're right. It was the second year of existence, I believe, for the for the Prairie Thunder when I joined the team. So, you know, it was kind of us getting our feet wet and a lot of the players that were previously part of the Rams organization when they were in junior, you know, went on to, to play university with them. So it was more so you know, a bunch of, of new players that are kind of uh, getting together and forming a team um, and getting our feet wet in the league. So, you know, we, we did have some success, you know, and that's definitely didn't win a championship by any stretch. Um, I think our, my, the best year that we had when I was on the team, I think we were six and two during the season. So, um, but mostly around four and four, five and three.
0: It's, I find it, Really strange to hear that because in my CJFL playing days, being on the Winnipeg Rifles was exactly how it sounds like you you guys had success in the uh, when you're on the Prairie Thunder, always being that four and four, five and three, and then maybe having one good season. Because as people who follow the CJFL would know, that the Saskatoon Hilltops took over as the junior champions, or the New England Patriots of the CJFL, for lack of a better phrase, once the Regina Rams moved up to CIS in the early 2000 I think it was in 99 or, early, or the early 2000s so yeah
1: that's correct and yeah I mean my whole my whole junior career yeah, the hilltops were um by far the best team it wasn't wasn't a question uh we only beat them once I believe uh you know in a mud bowl in Saskatoon uh we think we beat them 13-12 so oh my god I, I remember that because it was the only time we beat them
0: Well, beating the Saskatoon Hilltops is an impressive feat for any CJFL team, whether you're the Regina Thunder now, Winnipeg Rifles, or any of the teams in BC or Ontario. When you're playing CJFL football, since there's so few guys that have massive success in the CFL, there must have been somebody that you looked up to or some football players when you were a kid growing up in Regina. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are the religion within following professional sports as it's the only professional sports team. Did you look up to any Saskatchewan Roughriders when you watched football and played football growing up as a kid? Uh,
1: when it came to the Roughriders, I mean, you know, a handful of guys. You know, Dan Farthing um, is one of them for sure, uh, just because he was more local, he's Saskatoon guy. Um, so he he was definitely a guy that I I kind of followed when he was on the Riders. Um, and then you know, past guys like Ray Algard, I mean, you're talking a legend, an absolute legend who who put up all kinds of numbers, played the game tough, um, you know, was a big body. Um, you know, he he's the one that really I think took full advantage of the waggle before for others really got into doing that. So, you know, there was a lot of things that I could pick up from a guy like that and then watching film on him. Um for for me, you know, a, a little closer to my generation was like a Jason Claremont. You know, he played, he played for uh the junior team when it was the Rams still playing junior, and then he played for the university uh, team as well when they converted and then went on to to play professional sport. He went to the same high school as I did in Robert Usher Collegiate. So, you know, I'm I think uh five years younger than him, but you know, I got to see kind of him progress through each of those um levels of football and I just the whole time just loved how he played the game uh smart really smart football player great hands and tough as nails so uh, I admired how he played the game and that was definitely someone that I looked up to
0: now Jason in Claremont his career ended with the riders I believe sometime towards the end of the late 2000s did you guys cross over for a few years in your playing days or did you just miss him being on the team no,
1: I got to play with him for a couple of years when he was in Saskatchewan, which was amazing, got to room with him a little bit on the road and um, share some stories Whatever, we're still friends today. So it's yeah, it was nice to be able to have that crossover and be able to uh, play with a guy like that and, you know, be able to um, have day to day practices where where you have uh, someone with that kind of experience and that kind of success in the league uh, being there to to help guide you and help mold you into a better player.
0: Now, having mentioned that he was someone whose game you admired and then being able to actually be a teammate of his and room with him and get to know him, how did that change your perspective on the job that you had as a professional athlete? Because growing up as a kid, and I'm sure in a province like Saskatchewan where football is very popular and the riders are a big deal, to get to go from being that kid watching the team growing up and playing football and always dreaming of being on on your hometown team to then playing with somebody that you admired, what was that experience like? I mean it was great you know to be able to you know
1: grow up watching a team and see the ups and downs that they had gone through and um to really become a part of that professional team uh, during a great run really um you know we had a lot of success while i was on the team and you know that was due to a lot of things you know the organization as a whole but you know the players that they were able to bring in and coaching staff training staff you name it but Um, We had a good core group of guys that lasted on the team for several years and we just played well together and um, it made the locker room really fun. And I believe that anyone that came there really enjoyed it. And uh, when you're, when you're having fun every day, you know, success seems to follow that.
0: For sure. And even in the era that you played for the Riders was definitely one of the most successful in team history. I don't know if there's a more successful era judging how there's only four great cup wins and two of them came within six years, which the other two were not within more, like we're not within less than 15 years apart. So that just, it almost seems like a dream in a way, because growing up as a kid, for me, I always saw Saskatchewan as a team that was always good and to be, and a force to be reckoned with. But anyone who was way older than me would always say, Oh, well, they're a bad team or they only found success in a few years. But to, to have that, that golden era, be the main part of your career it just must have been something that doesn't even seem real at times I'm sure that it didn't hit you probably till a few years after like oh wow like we played during like one of the best eras in team history how insane is that
1: yeah I mean you you have a good idea really within the first handful of years of my career because um, you know my rookie year we won the great cup and then 2008 actually might have been the best team that we had I mean 2013 was a very very good football team but um 2008 we had a very very good team and we were we were winning all the tight games like when it came down to the fourth quarter we just seemed to pull out the wins um, but we ran into a lot of injuries that year that you know that had a large uh play on how the season unfolded in the end um but then you know we were back in the great cup in 2009 and 2010 um before you know, finally going back and winning in 2013. So a lot of trips to, to the great cup in a short period of time, um, throughout the, you know, early part of my career, it felt great. I mean, it, when you're, you're playing with a bunch of guys and you're enjoying every day and, uh, you get to go play a sport for a living with a bunch of buddies yeah, and you're having success, you know, it is just a really great time of my life.
0: So you mentioned the four great cups that you participated in with the riders, 07, 09, 10, and 13. Two of those were wins, two of those were losses, and all the games were very close, except for 2013. That's when the barn doors were blown off. So in those two losses in between the two wins, what was the toughest lesson that you had to learn as an individual? And then you believe that the team had to learn in order to help get you guys over the hump. I mean,
1: 2009 was about as big as the lessons you can get. Um, you know, when you lose in that fashion, you're playing a really good football game. Um, uh, you're ahead on a, on a very good football team. And, you know, all a, all aspects of the game are going well. Offense is playing pretty good. Defense is playing really good. Uh, special teams doing their job. And then, you know, it comes down to uh, a flag being thrown and them getting a retry to, to kick and win the game. Um, you know that's that's heart-wrenching it was uh absolute crushing to to lose in that fashion you know but but looking back and after you take a little time you know we gave up 17 points in the last seven minutes of the football game i mean you do that in in any game in almost any game you're probably going to lose so you know i think it was a, a combination of things that kind of led to that meltdown and uh it was a learning experience for a lot of guys in in the locker room and uh to be able to endure that and and move on and you know we uh we came back in in 2010 and had another good really good year and ran into the same team in the great cup again and you know i have no problem saying that they they outplayed us that day um you know nine you know they came back like i said scored 17 points in the last seven minutes uh it was a Terrible way to lose, but overall in that game, I believe that we outplayed them. Whereas in 2010, I don't think that was the case. So, um, you know, you you learn a lot of lessons. You, it's it's not winning all the time that teaches you uh, all those lessons that I'm talking about. It's it's going through through hard times and and um, uh, losing in big moments that you know gain a lot of experience, so that you know the next time that big moment comes. Uh, maybe that experience will come in and kick in and, and you'll be able to overcome it.
0: I've always believed that this phrase is one of the truest things I've heard when it comes to dealing with the ups and downs of life. Sometimes the disappointment is what makes the victory that much sweeter. And I don't think that a better phrase could be used to describe exactly how you guys handled the adversity of losing not one, but two great cups in back-to-back years to the same team in both super close games. And like you said, 9 Minus the fourth quarter, you guys dominated them. And in 2010, it was a close game, and you guys had a chance at the end and unfortunate error and an unfortunate time. But again, no no one individual to blame for either losses. And then in 2013, you get a chance at home in the last possible great cup to be played at Old Mosaic Stadium and romp the Tiger Cats by three scores. And Juro Simon gets his first great cup in a long time. He had played or second great cup I believe it was because he'd won 2011 and then he won 2013 towards the end of his career you won the great cup for the second time Darian Durant won a great cup and it came home so describe that feeling at the final whistle when the clock hit triple zeros and it was all said and done and the confetti finally came down in green and white again for the second time in your career
1: yeah I mean that's a special feeling to be able to do it in front of your home crowd and um the way that we were able to play that game uh, and dominate right from the start really uh you know that definitely helps with the with any nerves that anyone's probably gonna end up having you know when you have pretty large cushion for the majority of the football game I mean halftime I think it was 31-6 or something um so you know we were firing all on all cylinders and I you know, I think that all kind of led up to last few games of the year and us getting there, you know, we want a tight game against BC uh, at home before having to go to Calgary when we had lost a tight game in Calgary near the end of the season. And, um, you know, the whole locker room said, we'll be back. And and when we came there and we were able to to dominate them the way that we did uh, was pretty awesome. And then yeah, obviously when you're at home on the home field in front of your home fans uh, for the last. Uh, great cup at that stadium Uh, it's a pretty pretty special feeling to see that confetti falling and uh, be able to lift the cup and be able to uh say that you accomplished the the goal that everyone goes into each year wanting to
0: you scored many touchdowns in your career and had many many receiving yards so I must know what was the most memorable touchdown you had during your CFL career
1: oh wow uh the most memorable touchdown. The first one that jumps out to me is uh, in two thousand and nine, uh, when I got to um, start for Andy Fantuz when he he went uh, he went down the game before. It was kind of kind of a coming out party for me. I ended up scoring two touchdowns, but we were down in the uh, fourth quarter and uh, late in the fourth quarter, and it was third and ten and um, Durant threw a strike uh, behind everyone to me. And I, it was about a 60 yard touchdown and we ended up winning the game by one. So, um, you know, that one really stands out because, you know, from then on, I had more of a role in the, in the offense and it continued to uh, gain momentum for my career. And uh, when it comes to playing time, uh, I mean, that I'd say that's the biggest touchdown that stands out. Um, you know, just because of the fashion and being able to come back late like that. And, um, you know, kind of really getting my feet wet into, into playing time. I had played in 08 in a little bit, but 09 um, is when I started to play quite a bit. And uh, that game was kind of a coming out party.
0: When you mention that game, the first thing that I think of next is another super crazy game that you guys played in memorable touchdowns. Whenever I asked that of, of old CFL players and guys that have finished their playing careers, most of them usually don't say, unless with exception to like an all-time record, they usually say my first touchdown or that first chance I got to prove myself, that was very memorable because that's what starts it all. And so to see your evolution from that time in 2009 to being a key uh, a key player in the offense, and then the next year you guys open the season on Canada Day in twenty ten. And in terms of regular season games, probably the greatest regular season game has ever played. When you guys got revenge in some sort of way, obviously it wasn't a great cup, but still like, talk about the 2010 season opener against the Alouettes. Cause that game was just absolutely bonkers. Uh, that was one. I
1: think it was one of the greatest games that there has been in the CFL. Um, amazing back and forth and just so much scoring, so much offense and, uh, I think we had four receivers over a hundred yards that game. Uh, it was pretty crazy. So yeah, I was, that was one that, that uh, I'll truly remember, but uh, I didn't score. I didn't score a touchdown in that game, but uh, put up some yards and uh, like I said, back and forth and to go to double overtime and, and win that game after losing to them in the great cup the year before was, uh, it was pretty cool.
0: I'm sure the emotions must've been riding very high considering that that was the first game you guys had played since, losing the 2009 great cup. And then I actually didn't even really remember this. I remember watching the highlights of the game and seeing like SJ green's catch that you'd literally have to use like eight K definition to see how close he is to being out of bounds. But the play that I'm sure must've had your heart racing was at the end of the, I think it was at the end of the game or overtime when it was third and 10 for the Alouettes or something. And they threw a pass or Calvillo threw a pass over a receiver's head. And then they threw a flag for too many men I just remember Glenn Suter saying anything, but too many men. Like what, how do do you handle the emotions in the game on the sideline like that? When after like a traumatic loss, you guys are now in the same scenario in a back and forth game against the same team.
1: I mean, when you're playing football, you got to control what you can control and, you know, after it's done, there's nothing you can do about it. So if you're gonna sit there and, and complain and hang your head the whole time, then it's just gonna affect you on the upcoming plays. So, you know, part of going through that kind of heartache and uh, that we had to, uh, you know, that gives you some experience with that. You just have to be able to to move on and, and move on to the next play and, um, you know, hope you can uh, rebound and, you know, we were able to do that
0: that game and the way that you guys did rebound seemed to prove that there was a, a turning around the corner of of learning the lessons and and really starting to gel because you guys were still a super successful team always on the top half of the of the western division and then eventually the culmination of the great cup now that your career is done and and you you work in regina and you work in the financial industry what are the top two things that you learn from football that you apply in your day-to-day life, in your work and outside of work?
1: Um, I mean, I think that, uh, teamwork and communication are are probably the two biggest things that I can carry over into, uh, what I do today. Um, you know, I, I, as a financial advisor, You know, you have to have multiple relationships with with, uh, all your clients as well as with your your team members. You know, I have a business partner, um, we have an assistant, and then we have several other people, several other advisors in the office um, on different teams. But being able to communicate with them and and kick ideas off of each other, and then having that communication through to your clients um, is huge in in building uh, trust and building a, a good relationship. And then obviously I touched on the teamwork of, you know, using everyone around you, um, to, to help, uh, better your career, really. I mean, anything that you're trying to learn, you know, you can, you can always pick up from experience from others or, um, information from other people. So, uh, communicating and, uh,
0: developing that with your team, I, I think goes a long way and the transition that CFO players have from their playing career to the profession that they may have after they're done playing can sometimes be a difficult one, but maybe being back home or having stayed in the same place in Regina, where you call home, did you find that your transition was pretty smooth from playing in the CFL to now being a financial advisor in post-retirement?
1: Yeah. My, my transition was actually pretty seamless. Um, you know, I, I've been a financial advisor since I was in the second year in, in the CFL. So, you know, I kind of was uh, slowly building up a book of business and getting my feet wet in the industry uh, leading up, you know, for several years before I, I decided to retire. And at the moment I retired is when I became 50-50 partners with my business partner. Um, so it was pretty seamless. I kind of knew I kind of had it all mapped out and and, uh, with goals that I wanted to accomplish and and where I wanted to be um, come the time that it was time to hang up the cleats. And, you know, when that day came, uh, it was an easy transition.
0: I want to ask you about the relationship that you have with your brother. He is a professional athlete as well and played in the NHL and has played for the Anaheim Ducks for many years and also won a national championship in the Stanley Cup when the Ducks won in 2007. You guys have been very close since you were kids and have had the opportunity to impact and influence each other's ability to perform through being competitive and playing multiple different sports. As you guys grew up, was there a moment when you realized that your brother would become a professional athlete from the day-to-day interactions that you guys had playing sports?
1: Uh, I think that they I don't think I really ever had much of a doubt that he would end up becoming a professional athlete. Um, I mean, you're, you're talking, uh, a guy that's good at everything. Um, every sport that we played, he was exceptional at, um, you know, when we were, first got into hockey, you know, he's two years younger than me, but he was playing with my age group for a few years and he wasn't out of place at all. And then, um, the queen city or yeah, queen city regina uh which is who ran the hockey league that we were playing in uh forced him to play with his own age group and i mean he would dominate that every single year you know until he was drafted into the whl uh, but on top of that uh i mean he was a phenomenal baseball player um, i don't I don't doubt at all that if he would have went the baseball route that he probably could have played that professionally as well. So um, I don't know, he just, he dominated multiple sports from a very young age. And as we got older, it just, the domination just kept increasing. It's not like it fell off at any point in time. So I just don't think there was much of a doubt that he was going to end up to be some sort of professional athlete and then, we were still fairly young when he chose hockey and you could see that that was going to be the sport that he would be a professional in.
0: What's your favorite sports memory with your brother or top three, I guess I could say, because there's probably quite a bit that you you can think of. Uh, Wow. Like when we played together or it could be either, or like, you know, you guys are both adults, and he's, you're in the CFL. He's in the NHL, or when you're young kids and you're playing together, and whether it could be like minor or amateur, or whatever it may be. Right. Well, I mean, uh,
1: the bantam football team on the Lions, uh, we won the championship. I I think it was thirteen twelve again. It's going back to kind of that hilltop story there, but uh, you know that was kind of a cool one. But I mean, you know, the majority of our our sports ventures were, were separate because I'm two years older than he is. So it was extremely rare that we were actually on the same team. So, I mean, he's won two Olympic gold medals. I was there for both of them. I mean, amazing experiences. Uh, the Stanley cup, you know, Stanley cup was a weird one because when he won that was my very first training camp in Hamilton. So I was in training camp while he was playing in the Stanley cup. So unfortunately I couldn't be there. Um, but we ended up winning the great cup that year. So it was a pretty cool year that, uh, that, that went down. So, I mean, there, there's all kinds of it, all kinds of them. I mean, I think the, the Olympic gold medals were, were pretty special for, to be there and witness that.
0: And the Olympic gold, which were, which were the years that he was on the Olympic team when they won the gold medal? 2010, 2014. So in Vancouver and in Russia. And you were at the game then in 2010. Correct. So please describe what that feeling was like and <laughs> the golden goal and to see their, to be there, to see your brother win the gold medal and in the fashion that it came in after Canadians, their hearts were turning after the Americans tied it with whatever it was, I think less than a minute left in the game. Like what, what was it like to be at the gold medal game in Vancouver in 2010?
1: I mean, it was nuts. Uh, you know, it wasn't even just in the rink. It was kind of everywhere. Uh, everywhere that you walked, you know, there's all kinds of fans, there's all kinds of hype because of the Olympics, obviously. And uh, you know, the fact that team Canada lost to the U S in the uh, round Robin, um, going in, I mean, you know, there was a lot of hype for that specific game when it came down to the gold medal, And, you know, it was a great back and forth game. It was amazing hockey and um, you know, you're kind of on the edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah, especially going into overtime when you know, you know, whoever strikes next uh, is, is going to be wearing that gold medal. So it was uh, it was pretty amazing and,
0: and an electric atmosphere. Every story that you hear from Canadian fans who watch the game, it follows a similar storyline, despite the fact that there's, like you said, so many different places people were watching from, it wasn't just in the rink. Everyone can tell you. I remember where I was when Sidney Crosby scored, or remembering Chris Cuthbert's call, and even just seeing some Twitter exchanges between him and Ray Ferraro talking about. I was trying to say the call, and then halfway through my sentence, I could even I couldn't even hear myself because that's how loud it was in the building. Like, I can't even imagine what an experience like that is for Canadian hockey fans, especially the culmination of a Canadian player scoring game-winning goal in the gold medal game in overtime against the U S after they tied it. And after they lost in the round Robin. Yeah. And on
1: Canadian soil. So yeah, it was, it it was was one of the loudest uh, I've ever heard of a hockey rink before. So it was pretty crazy.
0: Did you watch NFL growing up when you were a kid or, or or were you more of like a, just watch the CFL or watch NHL?
1: No, I watch both. I definitely was a, was, and am a still a fan of the NFL. I, I totally enjoy football as a whole. So um, I watch a lot of both leagues and um, yeah, totally enjoy it. Do you have a favorite team growing up or favorite players? Uh, yeah. Um, I was a Jaguars fan for a little bit right when they came into the league. Um, And then I kind of got fed up and uh, only after a couple of years, this is right when I was becoming kind of an NFL fan, I thought that I had to choose a team and uh, I kind of went with them because they were um, a brand new franchise at the time and then. uh, I I couldn't handle it after a couple years, so I decided to go to a mediocre team at the time, which is the New Orleans saints and i've been a fan of them ever since and thankfully they turned into quite a good team although we've had to deal with some heartbreak over the last uh, few years
0: I actually thought you were pranking me when you said I like the Jaguars I'm like oh you're just saying that is there because you see the Jerusalem background like I've it's I know it's a super rare thing to hear in any time that someone says to me like, do you really like the Jaguars because like, that an actual thing and like yeah it's an actual thing and I mean most people say to me "Oh, you must have grown up with the Mark Brunell, Jimmy Smith, Fred Taylor, etc. era I'm like nope started cheering for them in 2013 when they had Gus Bradley and really bad so when you like when you watch the Jags in the first few years and that was like you're talking like 95 96 in that era yeah
1: yeah well well, Brunel was um he was kind of the reason that I got off the team (laughs) but no yeah yeah you're you're talking you know some pretty major players there that were were there kind of right off the start right so um and it, it had nothing to do with that though like I literally had just kind of started watching NFL and I was, I thought I should choose a team and they were a brand new team. That's That's kind of when I was becoming an NFL fan. So that's why I just chose them at that time and then made a decision to, to move on and be become a diehard saints fan, which
0: I still am today. So, so I have a question then: like, how come you didn't choose the Panthers? Cause they came to in the league at yeah, the exact same year as them. No idea. I I couldn't tell you that. It was just picking one, and
1: you know, maybe it was the colors. I don't know. So, I, I it was only a couple of years that I stuck with them, and then, like I said, moved on to a uh, Saints team that was I think they were seven and nine when I started kind of cheering for the Saints. And
0: was that they, in two
1: thousand and three? Uh well, I, I don't know what year it would have been. I, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint that exactly. Aaron
0: Brooks, years. The reason why I say that is because uh, there's a very, very infamous play in Saints history that it, it's not like it's, oh, they lost the Super Bowl or some. It, it's not any of the playoff losses in the last five years, but the River City relay, where Aaron Brooks threw a hook and ladder that ended up going all the way to the end zone with no time on the clock tie the game to keep their season alive. And then, and then John Carney missed the extra points and that was against the Jaguars. And that yeah. was like in and around the time that the saints were like kind of okay. It was after the whole Ricky Williams fiasco with Mike Ditka and then they were starting to rise again and then went down. So I just, I just figured like if it was around that year, that's like super yeah. like ironic. That like, Oh yeah.
1: No, it was right around that year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it came bad
0: and then pretty the nuts
1: finish and you yeah, had to miss an extra point. Yeah. That's heart wrenching for sure. But yeah, they had Joe Horn at the time too, which I uh, was a huge fan of.
0: So when you watch the NFL game, I know people always talk about, oh, the CFL is, is this and that in comparison, or American fans, I guess will say that. Canadian fans know how good the CFL product is. With everything that's happened in the last year, and now leading up to training camp coming very, very soon after the CFL, how did you look at and appreciate the perspective of liking the NFL and liking the CFL having played Canadian football your whole life, but also being a fan of the NFL.
1: I don't know. I just never looked at it as you got to choose one or the other. I thought that uh, they both have, uh, they're both a unique game in their own. And, um, you know, I like the CFL cause it's kind of high flying electric, a lot of passing, uh, high scoring. So, you know, that really drove interest uh, on the CFL side of things. And then, um, NFL, you know, as arguably the best athletes when it comes to uh, the game of football. So, you know, they're, uh, way more teams. So there there's just, there, I don't know, there's a lot between it. And I, I like football in general. So being able to be a fan of both, I think completely makes sense. And, um, yeah, I mean, my s- weekends are full
0: come football season. Well, Chris, we're getting towards the end of our time in today's episode. So I'll ask you a few quick wrap up questions and have some fun before we part for today. Okay. So first question is who is oh, hold on a second
1: <laughs>
0: I, I can edit that out no worries I just yeah. I try to take a pause and then we can get back so okay so the first question I have is who is the greatest professional athlete from Saskatchewan that's not Gordy Howe
1: Wow uh. I mean, there's a lot, I don't, <laughs> that's putting me really on the spot. Um, the best professional athlete to ever come out of Saskatchewan. I don't know I, I I can't even answer that question. There's, there, there's a bunch of athletes that have come out of Saskatchewan. I mean, I would think that you have to probably look at the hockey route most likely. Um, who are the five that the
0: who are the first five you think of then? If it, if it's hard to narrow down to one. Holy five.
1: Okay. Now you gotta make me think of five Saskatchewan athletes to say. I mean, I would probably put my brother in that category then. Um uh Gordy Howe. Yeah, you already mentioned Gordy Howe. I don't know. I'm not gonna answer. I'm not gonna be able to give you good answers for that question. So you you kinda stumped me, put me on the spot, and yeah, they're not coming to mind. So
0: Okay. Well maybe, hopefully this is an easier one. Who is your favorite hockey player growing up before your brother played in the NHL? Joe Sackick. Was your favorite team also wherever he went or did you have a a different favorite team growing up? Uh, No, that wasn't my favorite team. Uh, He was just
1: my favorite player. Uh, My favorite teams growing up Vancouver, Edmonton. Um, I was mainly Canadian uh, hockey team fans. Uh, fans of Canadian hockey team. So, um, but yeah, Joe Sakik was
0: definitely my favorite player. Who is the best opposing quarterback that you ever played against in the CFL? Anthony Calvillo, no doubt. Who is the funniest teammate you ever played with on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders?
1: Man, that's a, th- that's a three prong answer. I think for me, um, Scott Schultz, uh, Mike McCullough and Jason Claremont, I think would be the three funniest that
0: I've played with. Who was the best head coach you had during your CFL career?
1: (sighs) I mean, the head coaches came across several good head coaches. Um, I don't
0: know if I want to pick a favorite, but maybe Ken Miller. What is your favorite sports movie of all time? Favorite sports movie. (laughs) Uh,
1: I mean, Happy Gilmore is probably up there. I like a lot of, I like, I like several sports movies though. I like Necessary Roughness, The Program, um, Any Given Sunday, Remember the Titans. I mean, there's a lot of good football, a lot of good football movies that I was just talking about, but know slap shot is a great hockey movie there's there's a lot of good sports movies
0: if there was to be a professional hockey team in saskatchewan what name would you give the team
1: wow um I that's, that's also a stumper when it comes to that. I'm trying to think of, I mean, do you want it to be something that would be real Saskatchewan-esque like a beaver or, uh, I don't know.
0: (laughs) How about, how, what do you think a a funny Saskatchewan-esque name would be then for, if they had an NHL team?
1: Oh, I mean, Saskatoon or the Saskatchewan Prairie dogs, something like that.
0: Now. Within Saskatchewan, obviously, having all the WHL teams they do, who, or I guess if you grew up in Regina, then you're a big Regina Pats fan then, correct? Yeah, fan of the Pats, yeah. So then who, in your opinion, is the best Pats player that you ever saw during your lifetime? That I ever saw? Uh... Like you remember like watching on TV or watching maybe at the rink or something?
1: Right. There's, I mean, the one that's standing out to me right now would be uh, Josh Holden. So th- that's just the first name that's kind of coming to mind. There's obviously plenty that have, have played the game. Um, so Josh Holden would be one
0: of them. And the final question, if you were to become a professional athlete of an obscure sport, which would it be and why? That could be obscure. like, like ones that people don't watch on TV, like crazy, like any of the major four it could be like bowling or ping pong or badminton or, or something Golf, like golf for sure. Yeah, Golf is watched lots on TV, but I'm
1: assuming you're putting that in that same category because it's outside of the four major, uh, major four.
0: <clears throat> I, I would say golf is maybe not as obscure just be, like, because I mean, it's not right. considered a part of the major four in North America, but maybe because then besides golf, cause like, I feel like there's so many CFL guys that love playing golf after they're done their playing career, especially the ones that, you know, didn't play like on like O line or D line or something. So I mean, again, I'm, if you like Happy Gilmore, he must be a big golf guy then. Now, oh, I do love golf. I I play golf a lot. So,
1: um, well, a different obscure sport then. Uh, I mean. If it was one that I'd love to be good at, you know, mm-hmm. maybe like a gymnastics, uh, I think that that would be uh, gymnastics would create one of the overall best kind of athletes that you can come across. You got a combination of strength, flexibility, uh, pressure. I mean, I kind of everything that comes along with that. So, you know, if I was going to pick one, to that I would like to be good at, I mean, gymnastics would
0: help create, uh, an overall great athlete now. Just quickly before we go now that we're on the, you, you bring up love and golf and playing golf a lot. How much would you wager to beat your brother in a game of golf? Unless he's not a golfer at all. Oh, he's a way better golfer than me. I would never oh, really?
1: put money down. Well, oh, it's not even close. When I say I play golf a lot, that doesn't mean I'm good at it. <laughs> I just play it a lot. Ryan's actually a very good golfer, which isn't surprising. As I, I told you he's pretty much good at every sport that you can think of. So, um, no, he's like a two handicap golfer, so he's a very good golfer. Who would you? I'm not,
0: I'm not even in that realm. <laughs> so then, who would you choose if you had like one, like if you if you played like a the match against your brother? Who do you think he would choose to be a celebrity golf partner, and who would you choose? Who would
1: he choose, and who would I choose? Uh, well, I feel like he would choose Freddie Couples because uh he's played with them before they're they're both members at uh, big canyon that uh, down in california so uh i feel like he would probably choose he, he might choose him he he has a few different friends that are professional golfers that he that he talks to from time to time so who knows who he'd end up choosing but i mean if i were to choose you know i'd probably go with tiger woods i mean he's been a legend for um as long as i've been a golf fan so i mean i He's arguably the, well, pretty sure he's the best golfer to ever touch the earth. So I'm sure there's some arguments out there for that, but that would be my, my, uh, my guess for it.
0: With that, we've reached the end of our time on today's episode, talking golf, football, all things in between Saskatchewan athletes. Just, it's been a wild, wild ride seeing everything you've done, playing in the CFL. I actually wasn't even aware that you or older than than your brother Ryan. I thought that he was the one that was older because he had played and won with Anaheim way back when, but you guys are quite the dynamic duo for professional athlete siblings from Saskatchewan. I don't know if there's a better pair, honestly. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, thank you for listening to today's episode with former Saskatchewan Rough Rider receiver and two-time Grey Cup champion, Chris Getzlaff. First and goal for the one. This is it, Stinkle! Touchdown! Yep, Stinkle! Touchdown Winkle! 138, and he's the all time Canadian Football League Touchdown King! Thanks for listening to today's episode of Huddle Up with Matthias Bueno. Check out our social media pages for more at huddleupmb. For full audio, head over to Spotify. And Apple Podcasts. For full video, head over to YouTube at Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Tune in next week for another great episode. See you next time.